Hello people and welcome to my Albans YouTube channel. I am back with another video just covering what's happening in the world of sports this week. Um, the sports I'll just go over football, basketball, the usual and I will touch a bit on um, what happened in boxing as well. Um, so just starting over football, obviously the World Cup is still going on and it has been a bit of a weird World Cup to judge just because, I mean, there have been games that came in with a lot of hype. We've got England versus USA, Mexico versus Argentina and there really haven't been that much of great games to watch. But then you had games that, if not was the World Cup, nobody would really care about like Wales versus Iran and those have been brilliant games to watch so it's been a bit of a weird one to judge in terms of how it ranks in terms of how good the world cup has been but i do think it's been decent um enough but there has been too many nil nil draws as you know in football people love goals people love attacks and some of the attacks have really been a bit crap um i saw a tweet that said the world cup is showing the lack of world-class strikers around and i mean it's kind of true i mean to be fair there have been a lot of big names missing the world cup as well but saying that some of the attacking quality I've seen from a few teams haven't really been good. I'm just going to say Netherlands have been one of them that they've been really crap to watch. Both of the games have been shit in my opinion. Um, but just talking about one of the favourites, Argentina, coming into this World Cup. As you know, they did have that shock defeat to um, Saudi Arabia, I believe. Yeah, they had a shock defeat to Saudi Arabia and they did bounce back against Mexico. But... Just watching them over those past two games, I just don't see Freire's potential from them. I mean, the football they've played has quite been poor, um, especially one against Saudi Arabia, the way they got tactically across. And it wasn't like it was a tactical masterclass from Saudi Arabia. They just did the simple things right. I mean, they came with a game plan to play in Highland, and I think it kind of buffered everyone why they're going to play Highland against players like Martinez, Messi, Di Maria. But... It was an offside trap that Argentina just kept falling for. And then obviously the game against Mexico, I mean, Mexico were quite poor as well. But, and even though Argentina did win that game eventually, it was really a poor showing from them as well. I mean, moment of brilliance from Messi um, won them that game. And then, yeah, so I don't know. I just don't see how they're going to win the World Cup playing like this. And when you look at their other counterpart, Brazil, I mean, although Neymar is now injured now, they said he's going to miss the rest of the group stage and he's going to come back in round of 16s. I'm not quite sure about that because his ankle is swollen. But, I mean, they looked really good, especially in the second half of the opener. I mean, Richarlison, I mean, for Tottenham, he might be he might be whacked this season. But, I mean, the second goal that he scored, arguably goal of the season, or goal of the competition, should I say. I mean, Vinny as well, he was doing his thing on the left. I mean, Neymar coming through those players before the first goal even came about. I mean, and they seem like they've got a good attacking and defensive balance on their team. So I still believe that even without Neymar, they should come off their group comfortably anyways, just because of the amount of talent that they do have. But when you look at the performance, and although it's just one game, when you look at the performance that Brazil put and the performance Argentina put, I mean, it's just hard for me to see how Argentina can continue like this and come out the favourites. Um, just going on to my next team, England as well. So they did have, because obviously when I recorded the last one, it was on a Sunday. So it was before England played the opener and they did win the first game 6-2, which they then went on to then play um, USA. And then it's a bit weird because we have eyes in it and we could see how poor England were, were that game. 
and then you've got media outlets talking about how this is a and it's not even just media outlets it's southgate as well talking about how this is a good result for considering the opposition we played against which baffling to me again um because we're clearly the better team i mean when you look at the players that we have, and this is no disrespect to USA, but when you look at the players we have compared to them, it's a game that we should be going in saying that, you know what, we're going to win this comfortably. Now, obviously, you've got the whole like rivalry between USA and England and the tour rivalry as well, which was kind of funny. But Southgate basically said that he came in to basically draw that game, which, as I said, when you're... We haven't even gotten qualified. We haven't even qualified for the round of 16 yet. So I don't know why you're coming into that game saying we're going to draw. And England are basically through already. But I mean, you look at some of the performances that day. Mason Mount. Now, obviously, I'm a Chelsea fan, and I think Mason Mount has been good for Chelsea for the past two seasons. But the way Mason Mount has started the season, he's been absolutely shocking. And then the way he's played, he played for England that game as well. I mean, it's, it's making me think, do we need to have, start having a conversation about that guy? Because he even turned out £200 a week or £200,000 a week before he came to the World Cup. I mean, at that moment, the way he's playing, he's not even worth that. He was absolutely shocking. Harry came for England as well. Even though he's had his tournaments where he's won stuff like Golden Boot, he's one of the top goal scorers. I can't remember a performance I've seen from Harry Kane that made me think, this has been a great performance for England. Like, he's always dropping so deep like he drops deeper for England than he does for Tottenham which in the England squad have more talent than the Tottenham squad so I don't know why he tends to drop as deep as he does you see him playing CDM at some times as well and I think it does hurt the midfielders because now he's occupying their space and there is no one to play up up front Sterling he wasn't great either but I mean Sterling I'll give the benefit of the doubt because over the past couple of years I do think he's been England's best player Saka as well he was he was below average. And then, so we'll come back to Southgate. The subs that he made was he brought Henderson on for Benningham. And then, obviously, you're seeing people talk about, uh, you don't know football because Henderson is brought on to help control the midfield, which Henderson's best quality is his leadership. I don't see Henderson as a player coming to help us control the midfield. And the one performance that I can't just get out of my head was the performance against Croatia in 2018. I mean, that's not what we need. <clears throat> I think... If we're gonna sub off Bellingham, the sub to bring up the player to bring him was Foden. We should have brought Foden on. And then also with the now I'm one of Trent's haters, isn't it? Because I specialise in hating. But there's no reason why Trent can't start ahead of Trippier. Obviously, I heard the whole stuff about defensive, blah blah blah. But when our fullback has that much attacking quality and we're struggling to create, I don't see why we don't <coughs> pardon me, I don't see why we don't use him. Um, Rashford should have come on earlier and then Southgate said we don't bring on Foden because Foden doesn't play sentiment for his club Harry Maguire doesn't play for his club so but Harry Maguire and I'm not saying Harry Maguire shouldn't start for England because he's been good for England but Harry Maguire doesn't do that for his club so why is he playing there he brought Rashford and he played in right wing Rashford either played strike or left wing for his club so I don't know it was a bit baffling to watch that whole game um, but then Credit to USA on their side, and especially Pulisic. I mean, Pulisic has always been an on and off player for Chelsea anyways. I mean, sometimes I like him, sometimes I hate him, but I do think he's performing really well this World Cup. Alongside um, the performance that Ziyech put in for Morocco as well. Like, why are these players playing well for their countries and then they come and start playing for Chelsea and all of a sudden they don't know how to play football anymore? It's a bit, um, it's a bit weird because I hate Ziyech now. I mean, 
I want Chelsea to sue Ajax for everything he's done to us with his bad performances. But that performance against Belgium, I mean, you know what? You've got to give praise where praise is due. And then I think speaking of another team, um, Golden Generation Belgium. Now they've been disappointing both games. They should have lost against Canada, and they did end up losing against Morocco. KDB is the biggest culprit because. I've said before, I think KDB has a chance, if not already, of being arguably the greatest Premier League midfielder of all times. But right now, he strikes me as a player that does not want international pressure at all. He came out and said after he got him of the match saying that he didn't deserve it, maybe they gave it to him because of his name, which at the time, I liked the comment, but thinking back at it, it strikes me like he said that because if you give a man of the match and you say, oh, KDB plays well, the expectation of the expectation of KDB rises. And it looks like he wants none of that international pressure. He comes out and says that we can't win the World Cup because we're too old. Is that a shot as he's defense because they're still playing Alderweireld and Fotongan or Hazard is past his best? But even with that aside, like KDB himself isn't too old. He's doing the prime of his career. Like saying coming out and saying we can't win the World Cup when you're ranked the second best country in the world is a bit it puts the whole moral of the team down. You could even hear Fatonga come and say, Did we not attack properly because we're too old? I think he's completely destroyed the moral in the camp. But then for Belgium as well, he's never really been that great. He cost Hazard the World Cup in 2018, and now Hazard isn't in his prime anymore and he's meant to carry them. He just can't do it. Just putting two stinkers back to back. And now the World Cup, they might still go through if they beat. Um, who are facing in the next round? Um, it's Canada. I can't remember. They, but they could still go through regardless. But the performances from KDB have been absolutely shocking. Um, and people are going to see him in a different light every time he puts on that burden shirt if they don't already. Um, but yeah, um, I thought it'd be anything interesting that happened in the World Cup. I mean. Iran did put in a great performance against Wales as well. I mean, Wales now have to win by four goals to have any chance of coming out of the group. I mean, some of the um, Middle East teams, apart from Qatar, who are already, have been putting in really good um, performances. So, yeah, I mean, as I said before, there has been a few interesting stuff to come up from the World Cup. And there's been quite a few news fest as well, but it is what it is. Um, Moving over to the NBA um, I'm just going to quickly say something on the MVP rankings just because I'm hearing Luca get a lot of shouts for being the MVP front runner which his individual performances have been quite good or have been great should I say but his team are 9 and 10 and I can't remember the last time somebody having a below 500 record if anybody has had a below 500 record winning MVP I mean, I think the front runner really and truly should be someone like Jason Tatum, whose team has been the best team in the East. They've had like stretches where they won like eight games in a row. And looking at everything that happened with their coaching situation, it doesn't look like it's deterred them as well. I mean, him and Jalen Brown have really been doing bits this season. So I don't really understand why Lucas' name is in the hat yet. And I'm not saying that in terms of he's been playing bad. I'm just saying in terms of when you look at the records, records do matter when you're talking about the MVP rankings. Um, the Utah Jazz finally seems to have found their level. I believe they've 2-1-7 over the last nine games. They've stopped winning games, which I'm sure Danny Inge is kind of happy because 
why why would you want to win games when Victor when Yama is on the cards as well? I mean, he seems to be the next generational talent to come up basketball since Zion and obviously everyone else before Zion it was LeBron. So I mean, they look to start training back downwards and in hopes to get that first pick because everybody knows who's going first. I mean, continue in the West as well. That Rudy Gobert trade is looking real funny at the moment because me, I never thought it was a good idea when it happened anyways, but it was Carl Anthony Towns that didn't want to play centre anymore. I think that whole stuff about being the greatest shooting big man ever has gone to his head. I mean, he was breaking it from three yesterday against Golden State. I'm recording this on a Monday morning, by the way. He was breaking it from three against Golden State. He's gone from a 40% free, free shooter to a 33%. And the whole thing just doesn't work because then even when he does decide to go into the paint, I mean, whoever is defending Gobert is clogging the paint as well because Gobert offensively is so limited. And the defense that he's giving you cannot compensate for the lack of offense that he provides as well. And you can see other players can get a bit frustrated. Anthony Edwards seems to start taking possessions where he's just chilling in the corner. I mean, it's it's just not looking good at the moment. Um, D'Angelo Russell, he's never really returned to that all-star since caliber player was since he left Brooklyn. So I don't really know what's going over at Utah, but it does look like Minnesota got fleas for that trade. I mean, all the picks, I think they gave around like four first round picks or something like that to get Gobert, and they gave away a couple of players, which I know Patrick Beverly was one of those players as well. Um, but yeah, it's just been, it just hasn't worked. And the expectations for Minnesota, especially in the way they ended last season, because they could have been Memphis in that playoffs and they didn't. And Colin T. Towns was doing a lot of showboating, talking a lot when they were up. I mean, I'm just going to say right now, I don't really like Carl Anthony Towns because he does too much showboating for what he, well, for what he hasn't accomplished in his career. Now, obviously, I love players that are full of confidence. Like, I'm a big fan of Edwards, but Edwards is still new in the league. So he can be confident and not have accomplished much. But I do think for the amount of talent that Cat has and the amount of what he has not achieved in the league and the amount of showboating and clowning that he does, it just doesn't add up and staying in the west again um is the clippers now i don't know what's going on with choir it's a bit baffling to me how you can miss a whole season and you're coming back and you're still dealing with injuries i think he's only played let me just check it he's only played five games out of 22 this season now obviously as you can see in my back you've got ad there AD gets called street clothes, AD gets called... I mean, a lot has been, always been said about AD's injuries and whenever the season starts, one of the big reasons why Lakers don't get championship shouts anymore is because of the injuries to AD and LeBron. But the Clippers still get championship shouts because of Paul George and Kwai. Now, the Paul George trade is looking a bit fun because they gave up like six first-round picks for Paul George, which, as I mentioned, I don't think... In the grand scheme of things, is as bad as it looks because you had to get Paul George to get Kwai. So you're basically trading six first round picks for um, both players. But you look at SGA for what he's doing at OKC right now. You could argue that's based off this season alone. He's been a better player than Paul George. And considering that Paul George and Kwai have not accomplished anything since they've been together. I mean, it's looking like a failure of a trade. And if you ask me, I'm not really advocating for trading superstars, but 
you might have to blow this thing up because they're not winning any championships as currently constructed. I mean, Kawhi just can't stay fit to save his life. Paul George can't stay fit to save his life. So, I mean, you're asking, you're asking them to hopefully just be fit when the playoffs come around. And if Kawhi can't be fit after a whole year of not playing, then when can he ever be fit? I mean, so yeah, it's looking a bit crazy in LA. I mean, as I mentioned before, Clippers won't accomplish anything and just another team you look at the Hawks as well now they've had a decent season um Javante Murray Trey Young but those are another group of guys I mean you saw everything that Trey Young and Javante Murray were doing against Houston they were doing all the front running they were clowning everything was going on and they ended up losing as well I mean Trey Young I don't know he's a bit of a weird player to judge because he's had the highs of being the villain in New York and then you saw what he did in the playoffs um, last season as well where he was where he had a stinker to be fair so the Hawks I don't know where to rank them because they look like a team that might just be the best of the rest at the moment I mean look at Boston um, look at Philly you look at the Bucks and you look at Cleveland I do think those four teams are a lot better than the hopes so for them to do all that showboating for them for where they are i mean yeah i don't know the east is looking strong as well and i just don't see how the hawks can come out of the east but my favorite to come out of the east anyways is going to be the milwaukee bucks anyways i believe when they get a militant back and a full strength they will be unstoppable they still have the best player in the league in Giannis. I don't know why that is still debatable. He's clearly the best player in the league. I mean, when you've won two MVPs, you won a championship, you put up the numbers that he puts up, you start seeing him putting the historic playoff performances that he puts in. It's hard to argue against him. And then the people that they're trying to put against him is KD. KD hasn't been better for yet than Giannis in the next three years. LeBron is arguably not a top five player anymore. And I think the only player that can challenge him is Steph Curry, but Golden State haven't had the greatest of seasons as defending champions. So, yeah, Milwaukee Bucks are still my pick. And, yeah, I mean, that's what's happening in basketball. And just lastly, a bit on boxing, as you know, Dillian White had a fight against someone called Franklin. Never really heard of him before, but I think everybody came out of that fight feeling disappointed with Dillian White's performances now obviously his last fight was against Tyson Fury where he had the in my opinion wasn't a bad performance but there's levels to this in boxing and Tyson Fury was a level ahead and he got caught, caught with the uppercut but when you're going up against somebody that no one has really heard of or something that is kind of like a tune-up fight I believe, well, and I could be wrong, but it looks like it was kind of a tune-up fight for him, for Dylan White to start the quest for going for a world title again. And some people are coming out saying that was a draw. Obviously, he won by majority decision. It wasn't unanimous because one of the judges scored it even. But I think a lot of people came out saying that they feel like that fight was a draw. They said Dylan White was sluggish. Um game plan wasn't really working and even Franklin came out saying that he got robbed I mean so it wasn't the greatest performance for Dylan White but then at the same time sometimes in boxing it does happen what this means for him the fight that is coming up next that shoot that we're hearing is coming up next for him is the fight against Anthony Joshua obviously Joshua did lose back to back against Usyk he was meant to fight Tyson Fury but due to contract and 
legal obligations, they say um, that fight couldn't have been made. Um, obviously, he can't fight Usyk again because Usyk has already beaten him twice. Um, so, the next place for both of them to go is to fight each other. I mean, this fight is looking to happen. If it does happen, maybe May, March or April. I mean, Eddie Hearn came out and said it might be a thing where they fight different people around those times and then Dylan White and AJ do end up fighting in the summer. I think AJ said he still wants the Fury fight or he he's going to fight whether he's going to fight either Fury or Wilder next year as well. So it's a bit interesting to see what happens with that. But I do think that's where Dillian White does go from here to go and fight Anthony Joshua, which is a fact. I do expect AJ to win, even though he's had recent failures. And just, oh, just a bit about Tyson Fury, he does fight um, Derek Chisora. I almost said Derek White. He does fight Derek Chisora this weekend. I mean, predictions, I do think it will be a comfortable victory for um, Tyson Fury. Um, Derek Chisora, Derek Chisora is past his best. And even when he was at his best, he couldn't hang with Tyson Fury anyways. I mean, I think that's one of the criticisms of this fight. And the AJ fight was there to be made. It could not be made. The Usyk fight, Usyk says he's not ready till next um, Yeah, He can't fight Wilder again because he really smacked Wilder three times. And then Joseph Parker just lost to um, Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce? Yes, that's how I say it. Joe Joyce. So... Yeah, I think the next fight that was available for him was Derek Chisora. I do think he's ducking AJ, but Derek Chisora was the next fight for him to make. I mean, and as I mentioned before, it's a fight that people will watch just because of the Tyson Fury name, but not many people are interested in it just because we can see Derek Chisora has no, he had no chance of winning that fight. So, but then after Tyson Fury does win, I mean, I think the two places he can go from there is Joe Joyce, who had a fantastic victory against Joseph Parker, or they could revisit the talk with Anthony Joshua or they end up fighting Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world so yeah I mean the heavyweight division looks like it's back on up there's a lot of interesting fights to be made and yeah um, that's everything that's happened in sports this week I'll be back next week to <laughs> discuss everything that's happened in sports that week so Please like, share, subscribe and follow us on all my social or follow me anyways on all the social media platforms at also bounce underscore UK. Thank you.